Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Entrepreneur Now. This is episode 31, and I am your host, Heath Armstrong. Today's guest is an amazingly detailed visual artist coming out of the Naples, Florida area. We talk about discovering yourself and how it can lead to opening new doors, detail in style of oil paintings and colored pencils, the art of teaching something back to the community, and how she made her trip over from Russia and created this beautiful life following her dreams, creating artwork. For all the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 31. Here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Well then get on with your bad self. A skittabarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skittabarinkity-doo-hoo. Today we have an unbelievably special creative guest for you. She does oil paintings. She does colored pencil work. She writes books. She teaches. You name it. Connecting out of Naples, Florida, Veronica Winters. Veronica, you are the entrepreneur now. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, you are so very welcome, and I'm so pumped to have you on the show today uh, to discuss your very creative mind and uh, dedicating your life to your passion and this kind of creativity that we all want to chase um, as artists or musicians or just creatives in general. (laughs) So Veronica... She's an artist. She does very beautiful oil paintings and very detailed, beautiful colored pencil work and other stuff. Uh, Author of creative guide and technique books, uh, which really also makes you a teacher in a way. And I know you do workshops also. And she's originally from Russia. She went to school in Tulsa and then Oklahoma State and the Art Students League of New York and Grand Central Academy of Art. And she's now residing down in Naples, Florida. Uh, lucky Veronica. <laughs> yes, I am lucky. <laughs> Veronica has also received many awards in, in publications, including uh, you know, Artist and Illustrators, Leisure Painter, UK Art Magazine, American Art Collector, American Artist Studio, Colored Pencil Magazine. Uh, this list goes on and on. You can check these out on her website at um, veronicasart.com. And you're an amazing artist with such detail and emotion drilled into your collections that I can tell. And I just want to tell everyone to please check that out. Check out her work. And we'll definitely be posting pictures on the show notes, which will be on artsynow.com forward slash 31 for Veronica's episode. And it's astonishing. I mean, the detail can't be put into words. Looks like it takes forever to do. Uh, So check it out. And and once again, thanks a lot, Veronica. You're welcome. Uh, Before we get too much into the show, we like to start with a little section we call the Breezy Threes because we really, as creatives, want to get to know your creative side a little bit. Um, So 
what are your three favorite creative works or if you have a few favorite creative works what would they be and these can be albums or you know arts or books or any of that um so do you mean my work or someone else's really just your influences so they can be somebody else's okay um basically i'm inspired by three major influences, which is literature, um, you know, um, some celebrities that do humanitarian work, and um, artists, classical artists and contemporary artists. So as far as literature goes, um, I'm very fond of Somerset Moen and Vladimir Nabokov. These are very brilliant um, writers um, and I love them for their ability to capture stories and uh, write them in beautiful language so um, whenever I read I get uh, I get lots of inspiration from from their stories because they have so much um, power and feeling in them yeah Another influence is um, Angelina Jolie. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it sounds very <laughs> corny, <laughs> but um, I think I like her, I actually like her humanitarian efforts um, and her passion in that and um, how she manages to channel her love and passion for people. Um, in her work so yeah she's she, amazing yeah she gives me a, a lot of inspiration as a person um and um well obviously my other influences are artists artists of the past and uh contemporary ones so i'm very into classical art mm -hmm. uh, because of its beauty and um such artists as Caravaggio, David, or French artist Bouguereau are one of my favorites. And um, I also admire many contemporary artists. Um, I constantly um, watch their new art appear on, on Facebook, for instance. So I keep track of them because the handling of the paint and their ideas um, are unique and creative and have a, a lot of emotion. Yeah, there's a lot of very cool new stuff. And I find through Facebook as well where, you know, I'll like one artist's page and then it pops up four or five more. And I look at them and I start looking at the different work. And it's amazing what some of these people can create. Um, especially the other day, I was looking at those people that do those street art where they they paint the ground to make it look like it's, you know, 3D almost, like you could fall yeah. into a fire pit or something. Yeah, that's right. And it's I'm, amazing. It's, yeah. <laughs> and it looks real, too. It's it's just, it's unbelievable, uh, the stuff that people's minds can produce. <laughs> yeah, very creative. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a creative bucket list, which would be things that you want to do um, while you have time here on Earth? As as an artist, from your perspective, is there anything that you have as a long-term goal that you want to accomplish? 
Yes, certainly. Um, I think the ultimate goal is just to keep improving uh, my art, my painting, uh, to get better every day. Um, because painting is something that you keep learning till you die. <laughs> yeah. So every day brings you something new. Um, I would also like to travel more so, so I could capture my experiences and stories um, and incorporate the, those stories into my paintings. And um, I would probably, I would also be interested in developing an art program as a national art program that actually makes a difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, my belief is that um, it starts from school, starts, you know, the edu art education starts from school. And although um, you have art classes, they are not good enough, in my opinion, yeah. to actually uh, cultivate um, the importance and understanding of art. So I think it's one of my uh, major goal, goals that I would like to do in the future is to work on such program. So more people, more kids get connected to art from an early age. Yeah, that would be incredible. And, and something that my girlfriend and I are doing is we are creating this artsy now foundation because we fully agree that children don't get enough um influence from art when they're younger and most of the kids in this country now are just sitting in front of the tv and playing video games and they're going to grow up to do you know something corporate that their parents are telling them hey you need to go get this job and work for this company forever uh, and we really want to show them by taking them to music and art festivals and paying for everything and just letting them see all the different types of people that are in the world and all the different types of creativity and ways that you can live your life. Um, we think that would be really amazing and powerful. Uh, and then make sure they get on the right track to getting in something like one of these amazing schools that you're talking about creating if they have that knack and they really are creative enough to want to do art full time. Yeah, that's right. And I'm even thinking about kids who or, you know, adults who say, well, I don't have any talent or interest. I think it just develops a different type of thinking. So when people are exposed, when, you know, kids are exposed um, to arts at a young age, they have a, a, um, a creative mindset that could be applied at any profession later on. It doesn't have to be art per se. Um, but I think it's uh, vital to to the development of uh, you know of a person. Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent agree. And you know, I I love how you have created yourself as every guest that I have on here, and it, it's just so wonderful. And there are those people that think they just never figure out their purpose in life. But the funny thing is, you know, you're not supposed to figure out the purpose in life. You're supposed to create it. You're supposed to get out there and make it up and decide exactly what you want it to be. You know, this is how we become the best version of ourselves. And 
for you, you know, how long have you been creating? D- did you know that you wanted to be an artist as a child? Um, I didn't plan on that. I mean, I knew I was always creative, and um, my parents had a had a good collection of art books, so I was um, always into art. But I did not envision myself um, becoming an artist um, because when I actually graduated from high school, um, we had a very difficult economic situation um, in Russia. And so it would be a complete suicide um, to pursue art as, uh, you know, as a degree, as a profession. So um, it took me a while. But, you know, you know your purpose in life early on. You just need to rediscover it at some point. So, although I knew I was creative, I didn't know that I would end up living in the U.S. and actually being a full-time artist. Yeah, and being creative, you've always kept your mind open, and you just never know what kind of doors will open if you keep, if you keep that mindset, you know? <laughs> yes, that's right. You always have to have a chance, you know, you, like... It's not about, actually, it's not about being lucky, but being open to the opportunity that comes along. And um, just keeping reminding yourself that um, all of it is possible and you just need to keep going and um, discovering something new in yourself and um, new doors open. Oh, absolutely. Don't just accept yourself for who you are, you know, create the person that you want to be. That's right. So when you graduated high school, was that when the Soviet Union crashed? Yeah, that's right. Um, It was about time when the Soviet Union fell apart and just we had a very stagnant economy. People were out of work and um, there was nothing there was nothing to do and um, everyone wanted to take a safe choice and um, choosing the right, you know, education meant a lot at this point, at that point in life. Um, Here, what's different is um, actually the fact that you have so many opportunities. Sometimes people don't appreciate it because they don't see, um, you you know, they have no comparison. Mm -hmm. But uh, because I come from a different country, I can always see and appreciate the fact that this country has a lot of opportunities and chances in life that, that are basically closed, you know, in other parts of the world. Yeah, and doesn't it blow your mind to see such a high unemployment rate in this country of people that are willing to be unemployed because they will not go and look for work? Well, um, I wouldn't make assumptions on that part. Um, And actually, you know, if you talk about unemployment here in the States, it's very minimal in comparison to some other countries, let's say like Spain or Russia of the 90s. So, but they're different situations as well. 
Yeah, this is true. Like, and I, I, I actually work around so many people that are my age that could easily find something to do that they loved or didn't love regardless, but they choose not to. They choose to just um, basically just waste their days away, and I never, I've never understood that. Yeah, I think it depends on personality, and um, actually, um, I think it comes uh, to understanding yourself and your purpose in life. And so I think many people just get lost in their own thoughts um, without knowing that they actually have the purpose in life and they just need to discover it. And I think when they realize what they really want to do, then they begin, you know, doing it as opposed to just sitting and uh, wasting resources, time and years. Years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, whatever you put your attention to is what's going to expand and grow, and whatever you ignore is what's going to disappear. Um, so, well, tell us a little bit about your your art style in general, because I have a lot of listeners. And before I started this podcast, I surveyed an art school on what they really wanted to know from um, you know, artists that are already out there and have, have found success. And a lot of them really wanted to know about the artist's style and how you kind of got into your style and, and really what kind of um, technicalities and, and tools you've used to kind of build your habits to, to making that typical style that you produce. Okay. Um, actually, uh, coming up, the style is something that just um, comes along as you keep working. Um, I'm not sure I, I've developed a particular style, but I think I'm getting closer to it because now I have a much better understanding what I want to do and how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's definitely very helpful to paint full time and to be focused. I'm also well organized. Uh, I don't waste my time. Um, I don't spend hours on Facebook, for instance. I yeah. post and leave. Um, so all of those things are very important. But the style itself, I think it just comes one day. Um, it's not like I had a vision. I think it just. Um, I think it's just a process that you go through and you develop it because you know what your interests are and you have certain goals to achieve those. Um, you know, you have goals to achieve um, what, you, what you want to achieve. And um, then eventually you reach that point where you can say, well, this is good enough for today, but I want to do better tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. Um, so when you get into a, a little bit of a funk where you can't, you know, first of all, some people don't have this, but do you ever try to create where you just can't come up with anything? You know, I've never had this problem. I, I always have so many ideas in my in my mind that I don't have time to put them all on paper. Or that's canvas. awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah. a good, that's good. Yeah, I've never had that problem, although I've heard of artists yeah. <laughs> suffering you, from it. 
Well, I've talked to some and, and they, you know, they all have their different techniques, but a topic that was brought up a few times was what they'll do is they'll actually go out and they'll look at other people's artwork to get more ideas. And as soon as they start looking at more creative things that didn't come from them, then all of a sudden their creative juices start flowing again and they're perfectly fine. Yes, this is part, I mean, <laughs> yeah, actually it does help and it does happen. Um, I often look at someone else's art, but I think it, it's also important to know and remember what you actually want to communicate or achieve and um, then it just kind of flows. Uh, for instance, um, I always had interest in uh, realism and so it took me a long time to develop that skill. And then, um, and I'm still developing it. Um, it would never end, you know. But uh, now I'm getting closer to what I'd like to see in my paintings. And um, I, I also know that I want to communicate beauty and feelings. And... Um, that's another aspect about my art, about my paintings. And so, and then I, I just keep thinking what inspires me and what drives me to create art. And um, a lot of it comes from beauty that I see. Um, like, my paintings are inspired by Venice, Italy, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very beautiful place on its own. Um, but I, I like their art, I like their architecture, um, even fabric that I find in their palaces is just amazing. So I put um, those designs um, on the back of one of, uh, of some of my paintings. So yeah. basically... I create something that is influenced by the environment and my ideas and feelings. You know, and I totally get that vibe from your from your work too. And you you can definitely feel the emotion and the beauty that you put into that. Um, because when you said Venice, I just immediately smiled because when I was looking at a lot of that uh, artwork, that's kind of what it reminded me of, and it's it's awesome. Have you been? At, have you actually been up there? Yeah, I went to Venice three times, and every time I find new inspiration there. Um, it's a it's an amazing place, um, and um, I take pictures, I take photographs. So last time I went uh, with the purpose, um, um, I went to see the carnival, and so I took pictures of uh, people walking in costumes. And then I um, basically take some of those pictures and recreate them in my paintings uh, to communicate the story. For instance, I have a couple um, dressed in, in red and the painting is titled Promises. And um, I wanted to communicate the story of... Um, of uh, like to show the relationship between people like when it just starts that we all start with promises and uh, love for each other and um, just um, wonderful feeling and so I wanted to communicate it uh, through that painting and so 
every painting has a story of this kind. And um, when I have an idea in mind, I just keep searching through my pictures uh, to see if I can use a reference, um, you know, to paint from. That is so powerful. I can I can feel the passion uh, in your voice. <laughs> Definitely. So, do you have any, you know, daily habits that you kind of keep in place? You know, you said you're very organized and you don't waste a lot of time. Do, do you have any things specifically that you do, uh, whether it be using an internet resource or? Uh, you know, waking up at a certain time to get certain things done that you think our listeners could find value in also? Um, yeah, I think it's just um, the, the fact that I plan my day and um, I, when I wake up, um, I make a mental note to myself what I need to do during the day, what I'm supposed to achieve mm -hmm. and go through. Um, if I have certain appointments, I make sure I'm prepared for them. Um, if uh, I need to make submission, I make sure that I make a good submission. <laughs> um, and just uh, stay on top of my game. Because otherwise, um, things f you know fall through and you can't keep up. But as you make mental notes to yourself or maybe use pen and paper and um, just know what you need to do during the day um, helps a lot. Um, I also, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say that, that uh, I do the exact same thing and I, I try to focus on two or three major things to do that I'll be happy at the end of the day if I get those two or three things done. And, <laughs> I, and I set that every day because I used to try to write down, you know, 10 to 15 things and then I'd just end up getting nothing done. And so now I just make sure I concentrate on two or three things. And if you get those done, even though it's only one day and you got a few items done, after, you know, a week or a month or a year, you have accomplished so much. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and then it just becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. um, you do it unintentionally because you train yourself <laughs> to do certain things, and uh, then it all works. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can make an amazing habit just as easy as you can break a bad habit. And I completely agree because I didn't used to always be like I am now. And I am just so much more productive and so much more happy. Yeah, I think it always comes to the, you know, comes to realization what you want to do in life and how you want to um, do it. So if, if you have a goal set in your mind, then it becomes a lot easier uh, for anyone to achieve yeah, absolutely. Like I always say, you are your own lottery ticket. If you put a little bit of investment into yourself every single day and take a little risk, you can change your life forever over time. Yes. So when you when you actually get into your painting, Veronica, or creating, you know, colored pencils, whatever it might be, this this image that you have in your head 
Whenever you're done with the piece of artwork, is it anywhere near what it was when you had it in your head to begin with? Um, I think the idea stays in place. And um, because I do um, a realist type of painting, it actually involves a lot of planning. Mm -hmm. So you cannot uh, change the design completely because I go through through a drawing, then I um, make, you know, I transfer that drawing onto canvas, then I paint in layers mm -hmm. on canvas. And so, um, because I go through those stages, um, I lock myself up um, to a particular uh, design and theme, but uh, smaller changes happen, of course, like, um, Colors could change or um, the expression on the face could change a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think it just happens. Um, a lot of times I don't even realize um, why I painted what I painted. Um, but then when I think, when I think about it, um, it becomes clear that it was my emotion in that day or I was thinking about someone else and I ended up, ended up painting um, that particular emotion or you know vision that I had um, yeah it's always a very interesting so it, question <laughs> yeah so it, it's never a hundred percent complete um, I, you know, I have a picture in my mind that doesn't end up being what I have um, in my mind, but that's what makes it um, unique and creative, in my opinion, that we change things um, without thinking about them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I had a previous guest on. He's an artist out of San Francisco. His name was Derek Havlicek. And he, you know, it's always interesting to hear people's answer on this because he said you know, he would paint and it would turn out nothing like he was thinking in his head. And so then he would just, because he didn't want to waste a canvas, you know, he'd just paint white all over it again, even though everybody around him thought it was an amazing piece of art, but he didn't like it, you know, so he would just paint over it white and then start over again. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I think it happened earlier, but now because uh, um, my art is so detailed um, and um, I spend a lot more time thinking about it. That's why I do my color pencil because these are studies. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are studies for my paintings. And so when I go through those stages, um, it just helps me <laughs> uh, to look the idea in and it doesn't float as badly you know i don't have to <laughs> repaint the canvas yeah. of course i have my failures but um it's okay <laughs> <laughs> well moving into you know these these books that you've kind of written on techniques how hard is it for you to put what you are thinking about your your creative works onto paper so that others can understand uh, what you're trying to uh, portray to them? Um, 
actually it kind of the books flowed out of me if i could say that and i think it happened because i spent many years trying to learn the craft and it was very difficult for me to find um teachers who could give me uh, um, that information and so i knew what um aspiring artists would like to know and i knew um, how to communicate that simply because i went through the same process that took me many years um, to figure out and i had um, several very amazing teachers um, in new york uh, that actually put all my knowledge um, together and um, Eventually, I decided uh, to develop just a few demonstrations and uh, explanations for my students. Um, and that's how I started uh, creating books. And after a while, um, I just began ac accumulating more and more information that I wanted to share. Because every student that I've seen, uh, whom I taught, they had the same problems, the same challenges that they wanted to overcome. And, um, and um, basically my books uh, came out from that experience um, because I knew what um, students wanted to know and I knew um, how to teach it in steps. Um, it helped me uh, to organize my thoughts and ideas um, into these publications. Beautiful. I, I find myself, I'll, I'll kind of teach myself something over, you know, a month or two or a year or two years, and then I'll sit down to write something and I'll be like, well, what am I supposed to write about? And then if you really just start thinking in your head, like you were saying, all the stuff you trained yourself to do, it can just flow right out after that point. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Veronica, if you could spend one hour creating something with anyone from the past or present, who would it be and what would you create? Oh, this is... Like, this is a tough question, but um, I would definitely, like, if I go into the past, I would definitely go to uh, Rembrandt's studio or Bouguereau's studio uh, or Vermeer's, and I would just watch them paint. You know, I wouldn't even try to interfere and imagine myself doing something you know, painting something with them, I would just watch. And I think that would be such a great experience for me that I wouldn't need anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And you can learn so much from watching the greats and just <laughs> right. observing. If yeah, because artists are visual people. That's all we need. We just need to watch. <laughs> yeah. If you had to battle Godzilla, the big monster, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat him? God. 
This is a funny question. So you're going to get a funny answer. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, I would try um, to find his inner child by drawing this chalk on the street. And maybe he would be kind enough and he would stop being nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you'd make friends. Yes. <laughs> and then you could, you could paint, you could uh, draw a sidewalk chalk with Godzilla. Yeah, and then we would have some tea. <laughs> I would just hope that it that he uh, stopped and it actually worked because if he didn't, he might be pretty angry. Well, I think he would be interested <laughs> because no one else has done it before. <laughs> yeah, creativity is very interesting. So, do do you have any advice, favorite advice, or? Um, you know, resources that you think could be of value to our listeners before we say goodbye? Um, sure. Um, well, I think um, one of the most important things is just to know that you can achieve goals and never forget that. Um, don't let others influence your opinion about yourself and what you can do. So you shouldn't stop yourself from um, doing what you like. Um, but as far as um, resources on painting uh, go, um, I like to communicate with other artists. For instance, if I find someone whom I admire, um, I basically write an email stating that and maybe asking a question about about a certain technique or the way the artist thinks. Um, it helps um, develop um, different perception on things. Um, I also use um, Facebook groups. Um, those some groups consist of uh, professional artists and um, you can ask a question there and get a very good answer that that is free and you know for you to take uh, I find it very helpful at times um, sometimes you just need a critique so you can post something in you know in the group and share it with uh, other professional artists mm -hmm. and Usually they're very helpful. So Yeah, it's always good to get that constructive feedback from, you know, others that you respect. That's right. And, yeah. You know, sending those emails out and asking some of these people that you admire about their techniques and, and that in itself is actually building a network and they might, you know, evolve into a small relationship and you never know where those will lead. And so I think a network is a very huge thing and just reaching out and asking people. And I'm a huge, huge fan of that. Just reach out and ask because people that know they do want to help you. Uh, they do want to see you succeed and don't ever be scared. Just, you know, put your step forward, 
there's nothing to be scared about because failing doesn't exist. You just pick yourself back up, you learn from the mistake, and then you build it up to success in the future. That's right. And even if you don't even, you know, sometimes you don't get the answer, but that's okay. You know, you just um, look at someone else and uh, find um, someone else to talk to. I think what's important is to get critiques from professional artists whom you admire yourself and um, aspire, you know, aspire to. So, um, and it creates a small network um, and sometimes develops friendships that are very important. Yeah, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. And to be honest, if somebody doesn't answer, it doesn't matter because if you don't ask in the first place, they wouldn't have answered either. <laughs> That's right. And emails get lost sometimes. <laughs> they get lost in cyberspace. Yeah. So, well, what's matter? What matters is that if you are persistent and you keep doing it, people will answer, and that's a fact. So that's right. Yeah. Well, Veronica, how can our listeners find you or get in contact with you? We're, we'll obviously have all of these great value and insight posted on the show notes on artsynow.com. Um, but do you have any methods? I know your your website is veronicasart.com, and we'll post that. Do you have any other ways? I think it's the best way to contact me um, because I have my email on my website. You can also find me find me on Facebook um, and just type in my name, Veronica Winters. But the the best way is just to go to my website and go from there. All right, you heard it, Veronica. You've been so so amazing, and I wish you the best of everything from here on out in the future. You make amazing, beautiful artwork. I can't wait to get it on the website. I can't wait for others to see it. And I'm just so pumped up that you're taking your time and teaching others and really making a huge influence on this world. So everybody out there, take a note. Uh, do a little dance. Do a little boogie. Keep it funky. <laughs> and Veronica, thank you so much for being the entrepreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.